1: Hello, you're listening to a bite-sized bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're going to discuss the whale.
2: Hello, I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff.
1: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And
2: we love to talk all things... Movies. Now, in Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, it's a character study based on Samuel D. Hunter's acclaimed play about a reclusive English teacher living with severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter before time runs out.
1: The film is directed by Darren Aronofsky, who has brought us such films as Mother... Exclamation mark.
2: Which is needed in terms of the (laughs) the subject matter and content of that movie. Gosh.
1: He's also done Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream. The film is from a screenplay by Samuel D. Hunter based on his own play.
2: The Whale stars Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, Ty Simpkins, Hong Chow, and the wonderful Samantha Morton.
1: Now there are some big questions... With this film and some really important themes tackled, how sexuality and religion intersects with mental health, Mm. the dynamics of a family falling apart. The big question though is, is it portrayed with tenderness And intelligence.
2: I think so. What's your hot take on that question specifically?
1: Because there's been some critical discourse about this film, about the use of prosthetics to make Brendan Fraser a a lot bigger Mm. than he is, whether obesity is being used for a shock value and entertainment. And I think what it comes down to is it's all about the intention. Yes. You know, is it entertainment from voyeurism and struggle or are they taking more care with this story and really trying to do it justice? And I think it's the latter.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I I put this lens on this film because the intention is there purely from the screenwriter, Samuel Mm. D. Hunter, because based on his play, and he wrote the screenplay, so it comes from a place of truth and a lived experience of him because he himself has suffered obesity in his life.
1: Mm -hmm. And he attended a Christian school and had some really traumatic experiences with his sexuality coming to the forefront while Mm. there, which, you know, eventuated in an unhealthy relationship with food. So as you said, definitely lived experience. And I think that's the important key here.
2: It is. And I think it's really important to be aware of that. And in doing my research, I uncovered that. And I Mm. thought that made me look at the film in a different way because I went in with a preconceived notion about the criticism against this film about it glorifying obesity mm. and all those things that you've listed. And I thought, okay, well, when I watched the film, I didn't feel that anyway. Mm. But then when I found out about where the story had come from, from a place of truth and lived experience, I was like, okay, no, this this has good intentions behind it. Yeah. It's not trying to solve all the questions or all the, all the problems. It's just telling – a story and it comes from a lived experience I think it's yeah. really important.
1: And that's what's really important to remember about Darren Aronofsky's films is that they don't answer these big questions. They yeah. they make you work hard.
2: He revels in ambiguity. Yeah, he does. Which we have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> yeah. in general.
1: Yeah, but in this case, when it's a character study, it's a mm. snapshot of a moment in time.
2: Like five days. It's really small.
1: You don't need it to wrap up neatly in a bow, although it kind of does. It does give you a bit of resolution at the end. You have... You have an end point.
2: Yes. It's somewhat symbolic at the same time, I guess. It's Mm. how you interpret it.
1: Oh, we're going to talk about Aronofsky's symbolism later on for sure. He
2: bloody loves it, doesn't he?
1: (laughs) But at the heart of this story, he says, the whale invites you to see the humanity of characters who Mm. are not all good or bad, who live in the grey tones the way people do. It asks this simple question, can we save each other? Hmm. And can we really help those who can't help themselves? Because Charlie has people who want to help him. But I think what we've all experienced in life to some degree is that people have to want help to be able to accept
2: it. It's so true. You know, as a blanket statement about the characters, just quickly, as I was talking to some friends about the film recently, who offered a really concise insight. So shout out to Mm. Peter and Jake. All, All the characters, they're so selfish and flawed, but somehow balanced with their caring side despite their real intentions. Mm. There's so much that you learn and uncover about the individuality of all these characters and what they're there to really do or Mm. offer each other from a selfish but then caring perspective. It's just a really complex element of this film.
1: I'm interested to hear the word selfish. I mean, would Mm. you say that about Charlie too, the main protagonist?
2: Yes, because I think he is realising that he is at the end of his time on Earth. He's deeply unwell Mm. based on his obesity and his habits and such like, which is a product of grief, which is just awful. Yeah. But he's selfish in a way, I think, although he's beautifully optimistic and we'll go into that detail when we talk characters, but I think he's selfish because he thinks that, just before he dies, he's going to be able to redeem himself. Yes. Does that make sense?
1: Redemption is a big theme in this film too. And I also took out of it that it's about understanding. Everyone is trying to understand each other and just can't understand each other.
2: Mm. You know what? I've got chills when we're talking about this because Mm. the themes that we've listed thus far, they're so profound. They're so ingrained in life and our lived experience in whatever you do day to day. It's just elevated, I suppose, within the world of Charlie within this five-day period and all these really complex characters they were experiencing. Mm. I went away thinking about this movie constantly after we saw it together.
1: Yes. Yeah, it is one that stays with you for mm. sure and a large part of that is the performances which we'll oh also goodness. get into. Yeah, I think also there's a little bit of commentary in there about how terrible the American healthcare system is mm. that Charlie feels he needs to choose between leaving behind something for his daughter or taking care of himself and pulling himself out of this hole.
2: But even though I think his decision to do that was his alone to make – I don't think it made his decision any harder knowing that the system that he could lean on wasn't really reliable no. either, right?
1: It would cost him a fortune and what would it really do?
2: Yeah. It would just, what, give him an extra oh. couple of weeks or months or something. All these things that you question and you have to lean into the space of empathy rather than judgment, don't mm. you, in terms of the decision that not only Charlie is making about his life, but a few of mm. the other characters too.
1: And do you think that the film is successful in its fostering of empathy from the audience? Because a lot of the criticism of the film comes from whether it makes a spectacle of obesity for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. Does it?
2: I don't think it makes a spectacle of it. I can understand, try to understand why some critics might have that lens. Mm. What do you think?
1: No, I think it fosters that empathy, as yeah. you said. It mm. di- I did feel empathetic, but it's also, when you say spectacle... Mm. Part of that is, oh, are we all there feeling sorry for the fat person?
2: No, I tr- try to sit there and understand him.
1: Yeah. Trying to understand yeah. another human and how they operate. And Charlie is a very complex character, which we'll get into yeah. a bit later. Let's talk a bit more about Darren Aronofsky as mm. a director. Yeah. He tends towards films with a psychological and theological theme. mm that explores traumatised and isolated minds. And, you know, Natalie Portman's character in Black Swan comes to mind, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Jennifer Lawrence in in Mother. Charlie's absolutely the definition of that. He's isolated. He's housebound. He can't go anywhere. He doesn't have any friends except for this one person, Liz, who's his caretaker.
2: Yeah, beautiful friendship mm. they have together.
1: So, yeah, he's as traumatised and isolated as you can get and that manifests in mental illness really which then manifests physically in not being able to stop eating.
2: Yeah, because Charlie's way of dealing with the death of his boyfriend from a few years prior Mm. is what I understand Mm -hmm. was his need and compulsion to eat constantly. Mm. That was how he dealt with his grief to isolate himself from the world but he's having this, I guess, epiphany at some point going – I can't live my life like this and I I need to mend the wounds Mm. or heal the wounds, which Mm. are just gaping holes, I suppose, really complex sort of scenarios that he's found himself in.
1: But it's almost too late for him as well.
2: It 100% is too late, but then it poses that question, is it ever too late for redemption?
1: Right. Deep. So deep. (laughs) Deep, deep, deep. Too deep. So Aronofsky has said the reason he was drawn to this story is because it connected with the beauty in things our prejudice makes inhuman. Mm. And you see that in Charlie's daughter's reaction to him. She treats him as very inhuman. She's disgusted. She's angry. She's really horrible to him.
2: She's awful.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Aronofsky has also said he felt inspired by the bravery and grace each character finds. And I found that really hard to get on board with when it comes to the daughter.
2: Yes. I'm glad you said that because I found his daughter and the relationship between Charlie and her really challenging to connect with despite it being really obvious it was meant to be fractured, I mean, that's mm. really, really clear, I just didn't understand her, and I found the way she was written mm. really bizarre and quite jarring. She was angry, and mm. I I just couldn't, connect with the decision she was making the actions she was doing
1: but also there wasn't much of an arc until the very very end right like end. she is one note angry mm. mean horrible nasty girl
2: evil as her mothers yes called her.
1: exactly <laughs> evil. Getting away from the characters again for a second. What did Aronofsky want to convey, do you think, by making this film? Gosh. It's it's a hard one to pinpoint.
2: What did he want to convey? I think you've kind of covered this off a a little bit, if I can pick some things that you've noted already. A moment in time about someone's life, Mm. showing how deeply flawed humans are, but also trying to understand why we are all flawed and that empathy needs to come to the surface to to understand Mm. and connect and just... I guess unveil, because this is what he does in all his films, unveil humanity and all its complexities along with it. I, yeah. It just happens to be that the vessel is a man suffering from grief who is really unwell and his health manifests as being obese. But it almost doesn't matter that he he's, he is obese. Mm. He's just a human being struggling with things and he's trying to mend those things.
1: Yeah. You definitely won't find catharsis in Aronofsky's movies. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) You walk out of there. I walked out of there a blubbering mess. I basically bolted out of there. The poor PR representative, Benita. Shout out to Benita. Hi,
2: Benita. Hi Benita. Hi, Benita.
1: We love her. Yeah, she's trying to talk to me and I'm like, <laughs> don't
2: look at I'm me like, don't, don't
1: look at me, I'm crying.
2: Yeah, gosh, it really does sweep you up off your feet at the end in, in many complex ways because mm. there's so much going on in those final moments of the movie that you can't just, the lights come on and you're like, okay, what's for dinner? Like, yeah. <laughs> it sits with you.
1: It does. It sits heavy on your heart for yeah, sure. That's it. And Aronofsky also makes you work, as we said, for the deeper meanings of his work. And mm. you really got to work with this one. And there's so many layers to it.
2: Now, we listed off some of his filmography earlier. Mm. The ones that play within a religious undertone mm-hmm. always get my attention. Things like Noah and Mother, oh, of, yeah. of course. Which I I quite enjoyed. Mother enjoyed definitely the wrong word. I appreciated mm-hmm. mother. It's not an enjoyable <laughs> film. It's a bit full on. But look, this is my take on the use of religion or or the appearance of religion in this movie. I, I did I did have an issue with that subtext being used here. It annoyed me rather than engaged me. And maybe it's not this black and white, but. For me, it just felt like another gay story with a religious undertone. And I don't know if it needed to be there. How did you connect with the missionary character that came in to try and impart his unsolicited belief in God on Charlie?
1: On one hand, I found, I was wondering whether he could have not been there and whether the story would have just continued the same way. But I guess he was a way to bring in that backstory of Charlie.
2: Yeah, that is true. Without
1: having a lot of exposition and going, oh, this is what happened to Charlie in the past and this is why he is the way he is and blah, blah, blah. But mm. as in, in terms of a character and the way he interacted with the daughter,
2: yeah, I thought it was a
1: very strange subplot.
2: And I don't mean to offend anyone with this comment, but I obviously, have a, an interesting relationship with religion in my upbringing and my sexuality and all those mm. things that came into play, I guess maybe triggered is, is a strong word. I don't think I was triggered, but I found myself rolling my eyes because the way some people within religion and their beliefs unsolicitedly imparting their take on the world and not mm. listening the other way, it's never a two-way conversation. I just found that a bit insufferable and it Mm. distracted me from the other moments of beauty that were happening in this movie and I just didn't connect with it is what I'm trying to say.
1: Maybe that character was also a way to show a bit more humanity to the daughter Because without giving too much away, she really gives him a hard time and she does something to this missionary guy that's actually quite like, oh, shit. Like, makes you go, wow, she's really
2: awful. She's really unpredictable, isn't she? Yeah,
1: she's unpredictable. But Charlie sees it as an opportunity to help someone. Yes. Maybe that's a way to give a bit more dimension to the daughter.
2: Because she is one note, like you said, until almost the very end. So, it adds some layers to that. It
1: still didn't make me believe that she was actually doing it out of the kindness of her heart.
2: (laughs) No, I I completely agree with you. Uh,
1: We've mentioned before that symbolism is big in Aronofsky's films. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the symbolism? Because The Whale, obviously the title of the film, refers to, I mean on the surface you could think it refers to Charlie Charlie. and that's what a lot of the criticism was coming from. But when you watch Mm. it, it actually isn't. It's got to do with an essay that his daughter wrote when she was eight years old about Moby Dick. Yes. And a lot of parallels are drawn there between the whale or Moby Dick himself and mm. what she's written and how Charlie is feeling throughout the film.
2: Yeah. Because it's about, I guess, how you interpret life and your place in the world. It's it's actually mm. a really nice synergy to what's playing out in Charlie's yeah. life to what's written on paper. and. I don't know, I'm looking at the story of Moby Dick in a completely mm. new light. Did you believe that connection and resonate with that throughout the film, how it was used?
1: It was nice. It was yeah. really nice because also Charlie's an English teacher. He, yeah. he works remotely um, and doesn't put his Zoom camera on, which mm. is quite sad and, is sad and moving. But yeah, it works within this context. Mm. One other piece of symbolism that really stuck out to me is the bird in this film.
2: Please, can you help me try and understand this? Oh. Because I have not been able to join the ambiguous dots.
1: Okay, well, hold tight. Let okay. me explain this Thank to you, you. This is my take on it. Okay, anyway, great. okay. I've got no take, so. Yeah. <laughs> so the bird in this film that Charlie keeps wanting to coax to his windowsill with crumbs is his daughter. okay. Right. Okay. So when you think about it from that lens, he's watching this bird get braver and less skittish as he tries to entice his daughter to sit down and stay with him for a little while. He's giving her little breadcrumbs. Mm. But then throughout the film, she breaks the plate. So
2: you reckon she did it?
1: Oh yeah, who else would have done it?
2: Well, I don't know. I thought it might have been an accident.
1: Oh, the, like bird, the
2: bird The bird just did. The, <laughs> the bird, bird slam <laughs> dunked on the plate. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the bird landed on the plate. It was like, fuck you, man.
2: <laughs> like a WWE wrestling <laughs> move. <laughs>
1: Just a winged elbow coming down. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, No, like she breaks the plate, I think, to symbolise that he can't make it all better with crumbs. It's too late for the crumbs that he's trying to give her. That's all he's got left to give her at this point because they're so estranged and he's unwell and he's worried about his mortality. Yeah, Yeah, so I saw that as being the daughter and I really actually loved that symbolism.
2: Now, can I ask, Mm. was that... Uh, something you came to terms with during the film or was it after when you are reflecting on it?
1: Reflecting on it.
2: Okay, yeah, Yeah. that's nice.
1: But meanwhile, you're just looking at the bird going, what's the point of this bird, What's the point of the
2: bird? But I know because we're (laughs) we're watching a Darren Aronofsky film, I knew it held significance, but I just couldn't follow the crumbs to an answer, so to speak. So thank you. That's actually quite beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Coaxing the bird is like coaxing his daughter to stay. Let's move on to the characters, speaking of the daughter and et cetera. We'll start with Charlie, obviously.
2: Look, I want to hear from you first on your take of Brendan Fraser. You are such a fan of him, this renaissance. He's just uh, landed an Oscar nomination for this performance. He's going to
1: get it. He's going to 100% get it. In the
2: bag, baby. In the bag.
1: So Charlie, the character, is a kind man who seems to always see the best in people. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. Given how he's treated, but hopeless he does. optimism,
2: almost naively mm. sometimes, and he's
1: also always compulsively apologising, which is really yeah. sad. That was really sweet and mournful, I think. Mm, mm. And he's such a big man, but he also makes himself so small yeah. in terms of his personality, which was really sad to watch.
2: Oh, you're just really making me go back to the mm. feelings I felt while watching this movie. What a deeply compassionate human Mm. performance he gave. Like, my goodness me.
1: There's one line that I wrote down that really encompasses Charlie as a character Mm. and he says, people are incapable of not caring. Mm. People are amazing.
2: Yes.
0: Oh, stop it.
1: (laughs) it. He's got this optimism all the time. Despite his situation,
2: and Liz even is it Liz calls out mm. his optimism. Like, how are you living in this world of optimism when, if you look in the mirror, like you are, you are not okay. Yeah, like you are, you are so deeply broken. But he still focuses on that as his yeah. language of choice to put out in the world, and that's quite stunning.
1: I mean, there's no doubt about it. Fraser's performance is absolutely phenomenal. Everyone's is in this film, to be honest. Mm. Very deserving of his Oscar nomination and I called it his win. He's going to win. Heard it here first, folks.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about... Ellie, who's played Mm. by Sadie Sink, we've kind of already touched on the sort of jarring nature of her character, but the performance really, really captivating though. I I wanted to try and understand and get to the bottom of who she was. And I don't think we were ever meant to or really allowed to, but she was electric Mm. on screen, Sadie.
1: Yeah. Sadie Sink does sullen teen really well. (laughs) And in this, she's really unpleasant. She's really angry and mean and manipulative and harsh and... It did start to get a bit tiresome for me Yeah, at one point towards the end of the film before things started to turn a little bit. I thought, okay, enough already. Jesus, she's awful.
2: I guess you then lean back into the sentiment of empathy because I was questioning while watching this movie, how can one person be this angry Mm. and let it fester and manifest itself in the way that she chooses to let Mm. it? It's cruel. She's a cruel, awful human being, narcissistic, yet creepily playful at times, really unsettling. Yeah,
1: it is. Well, as you said, her mother calls her evil.
2: Yeah, but you have to somehow get to a place within your experience watching this film that she's been through a really tough time Mm. when her parents split up some 10 years before. She feels isolated and let down Mm. and alone. I, I wonder whether... I mean, look, we saw it play out in the film. Kindness, she doesn't really resonate with kindness does she she still lives in that world of anger
1: and i guess because she hasn't had that kindness from her father in her life there's one interesting thing though like we only see her in her anger towards her father and life in this five-day period Mm. but yeah who else is she yeah maybe we never see the real ellie until the final moments of the movie
2: interesting question to pose i think
1: darren aronofsky has left that question open deliberately Mm. about who she is as a person.
2: Do you think she's a redeemable character? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to just throw that at you. You don't have to answer it. Look, it's a not a fair question, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Look, I guess the thing this movie is posing is that, yeah, everyone is. People are People amazing. are, yeah. but I didn't <laughs> feel it in the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm on the same page as you there. Yeah. Can we talk about Hong Chao, who plays yes. the character of Liz Shi, along with... Fellow co-star Brendan Fraser. She's been nominated for an Oscar in the Best Supporting Actress category. Mm -hmm. So deserved. I was deeply connected to her character and that beautiful relationship she fosters with the character of Charlie how did you experience her performance? Yeah,
1: she's Charlie's best friend and only friend, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. She's his caretaker and they're bonded in their past trauma. So there's a yeah. connection between them from the past.
2: Mm. It's quite significant.
1: Yeah, she cares for him and she's scared for him, but she also enables him.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfortable, isn't yeah. it? But you think, what would you do in this scenario? Well, right. lo-
1: loved ones do. Yeah, You can try and push them to get help, but ultimately you don't want to say no to someone you love.
2: And she does try at it nauseum. It's not like she's there enabling it without force. Yeah. To to try and counteract what Charlie is doing, the decision she's making. She's constantly saying, you know, his blood pressure was through the roof. Mm. She's telling him how bad that is. You should go to the hospital. All these things. There's a moment where he chokes and she gets Mm. really upset with him. She's making Charlie look inward, but all he wants to look is outward to help others. So it's really interesting. I
1: think she's also trying to find that balance of forcing him and giving him tough love to get help. But also wanting to help him as much as possible.
2: Yeah. And ultimately, I think because Charlie knows what he wants and needs... She is helping him in the right way. I don't know. That, that's con- a controversial take. But She's
1: there for him. She's yes. on him
2: all the time. That's it. That's it. Every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, multiple times. It's beautiful. Can we just quickly talk about Samantha Morton? Because mm-hmm. she came in swinging once again, like she did in She Said in her bit role, making you want to see more of her. She just comes in yeah. with such energy impact. Like, what an actress.
1: Yeah, so she plays Charlie's ex-wife, Mary, who holds this resentment towards him because Charlie left her. Mm. But I think she was unaware of his condition. Is that right? She was unaware of the extent of the condition. That's right. And it brings out all these complex feelings of pity, disgust, tenderness, love for the man that she knew. Yeah. That's really sweet moving moment between the two of them. Like I said, everyone's performance in this film is off the charts outstanding.
2: Look, what happens in this film, it's set in the present, right? Everything's coming to a head, Mm -hmm. but it's, all these things being dug up from the past that are constantly being referenced and you piece the puzzle of who these people are and what their lives were, lived and since by hearing their conversation. And some of my favourite scenes were the ones between Mary and Charlie because they have so much history Mm. but they've been estranged from each other for so long. It really plays in a space of darkness but also Real beauty as yeah. well because they did have something once upon a time Yeah, and, and you feel that.
1: Yeah, 100% in the short few scenes that they have. Mm. And also Chino Charlie left her to raise this troublesome kid mm. and he's not given her any help over the years with her.
0: Yeah,
2: none.
1: So he says that he tried to but
2: – Yeah, I mean I guess it's what you choose to believe. Everyone's got an interpretation of mm. a series of events but how hard. Did he try, I guess, yeah. is the question you That's need to thing. ask.
1: Oh. All of the performances in this film are just out of this world. But also the cinematography, production mm. design, makeup. So let's talk about that a little bit.
2: I guess first how mm. the film presented itself. How did you feel about the four by three aspect ratio?
1: It felt claustrophobic, yes. but it's meant to. Yes. I think. I mean a big challenge with this film is the same as what they faced with the play. Mm. How to make a full-length narrative about a man confined to his couch, basically. Can't go anywhere. How do you make that engaging? Mm. you got a little bit more freedom with film. Obviously, you can change angles, you can show other characters, you can use music, all the tools at your disposal. Mm. And I think they have done that while also keeping it feeling claustrophobic.
2: It was deeply intimate in the way that the camera moved through the space. Yeah, It created incredible tension as well. Mm -hmm. And you got to really intimately know who Charlie was based on his surroundings and how people interacted with it. It's quite astonishing that a film set with basically one location and then out on the balcony, I think that's the only two yeah. places that we go, mm-hmm. that it can hold you for that long. I mean, there's craft, there's skill, all married up with a beautiful writing and performances.
1: The cinematographer was Matthew Liebertique, who did Don't Worry Darling, actually.
2: Gorgeous work. Yeah
1: mother and black swan so he's worked with aronofsky quite a bit yeah and yeah he shot the film in a way i guess also makes you feel like you're below deck on a boat which played into that whole moby dick thing for me ah. that it's dark and unbalanced
2: Ooh, I, I got that, that
1: sensation from it like a
2: nautical feeling
1: almost like the way charlie lives his life is very confined yes and as it would be if you're on a boat i That's guess so true yeah. what an interesting
2: thing to say I, I feel that different close my eyes and I put myself back there. It's definitely true.
1: We'll talk about the prosthetics, okay, the yep. quote unquote fat suit. Mm-hmm. Brendan Faser had to be in a state where it was immediately life threatening. He had to look like his mortality was upon him. Mm. But it also had to allow his performance to come through. And they had to walk that line obviously of being respectful because fat suits are often used to shitty effect for mocking in film. Yeah. So as soon as you hear the word fat suit, you go, Oh no, nutty stupid. professor, yeah. a butt of a joke, Ridiculous. all those things yeah. it's awful. But, yeah, what do you think of the prosthetics and the makeup and, and how they portrayed Brendan Fraser?
2: Look, I think it's the perfect example, and, and this film is nominated for makeup and hairstyling at the Oscars as a result of the incredible craftsmanship here. When you marry the performance and the physicality of Brendan and then the immense work, it's utterly convincing. Mm. You couldn't see any seams. It was just, it felt real. Did, did you feel the same
1: yeah 100% apparently yeah. it took up to 4 hours each time to apply all the prosthetics and the makeup and <laughs> five people to get the suit on and off him
2: can you like this is one of the things about actors in this craft is how they endure that process mm. it just blows my mind because then they've got a whole day of filming ahead of them and this is a heavy film mm. like imagine that sort of mental space that you need to get into to endure it.
1: Which makes Brendan Fraser's performance all the more impressive.
2: Right. Totally true.
1: 100%. We didn't really talk about the script much. Can I just touch on that quickly? Because Mm. did you say you enjoyed the script? Look,
2: I I enjoyed the story as a whole and how the Mm. characters were written, not all Mm. of them. I had an issue with the script with the religious subtext Mm. in there i I believe it wasn't necessary other than a means to establish some context about some characters i think that was unavoidable but i don't think we needed that red thread of the missionary kid coming in Mm. i found it too much
1: in terms of the dialogue what did you think about that it's quite simplistic i like i said i enjoyed all the symbolism and all the layers to the film and the the narrative Mm. but in terms of the dialogue itself Came across a little bit cliched in some places.
2: I'm yeah. I mean, maybe that's to do with the romantic notion of where Charlie is at in his space of optimism. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I'm coming up with an excuse, but I, I don't think there was anything wrong with the tone of the dialogue. It was more for me the the inclusions in there from a story right. perspective. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: food for thought. There you go. Indeed. Let's wrap up our review of the whale, Tim.
2: The whale is a powerful and confronting story about. How humans can be so deeply flawed, yet beautiful at the same time. Is salvation found in this harrowing and deeply moving story of redemption? Aronofsky leaves that up to you to decide. But one thing is for sure, you will feel something, if only through the performance of A Lifetime that Brendan Fraser delivers the Oscar will be here, so I'm on the side of the fence with you there, Lee. Although I found the inclusion of the religious subtext annoying rather than engaging, and the character of Ellie from a tone perspective, I have been deep in contemplative thought and discussion since seeing it, which is something I love about movies. Mm. Definitely worth a watch. I'm going to rate The Whale for popcorn kernels.
1: Well, as you said, The Whale is a powerful film that will stay with you long after the credits roll. It's at times uncomfortable, sometimes hopeful, there's light to be found in the darkness and that largely comes down to Brendan Fraser's incredible award-winning performance and the performances of the whole cast. This film could easily have been an offensive train wreck and as some have said, it could be seen as making a spectacle of suffering and Charlie's body, but I think the care and attention taken to ensure the story and the characters were handled with compassion is effective. It's a heartbreaking character study that's tough to watch but even tougher to look away from. I'm giving The Whale four popcorn kernels out of five. That was a
2: stunning wrap-up. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, The Whale is in Australian cinemas from February 2nd.
1: Make sure you go and check it out.
2: And as always, friends, thank you so much for listening.
1: We'll catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found.
0: Hold up.